0: You're listening to a podcast from Two and Cape Talk. Are you curious?
1: It depends on uh, what the subject matter is, but in, by nature,
0: I am curious. Okay, then 702 is for you. <laughs> <laughs> you've come to the right place. Oh, it's good to be here. <laughs> uh, are you curious? Last week, you were wearing your T-shirt with which you're supposed to clean the house. Today, you've got one that's better ironed and also doesn't look wow. as bad. Queer eye for the straight guy, so don't be awkward. Yeah, well, exactly. Not, I, I, not that I, I know much about fashion. I appreciate your fashion sense. I think you'll get a better queer eye from Bongani for your fashion sense than you will from me. Oh. Weird emotions and stuff. Weird Dang, emotions. That's deep, bro. Yeah, it is deep. Bro. <laughs> Seven minutes after eleven o'clock, <laughs> it's time. Do we have a jingle yet? what's it, George? Technology and society with Aki Anastasia. Hello, Aki. You see this? How are you doing? i have never been better i will be even better you know I'm, I'm such a bad friend i exploit friends you must is there a favor i can do for you because you do me so many favors No. you no, can't no. disclose an air what favor i've been no. agitating you to do but i'm in i'm in good spirits because today is potentially going to be my most exciting day as a writer and as a researcher uh, for my next book if aki is able to um, make magic
1: Yes. Now, I hope I can. I hope I can. Um, but we're going to use a bit of
0: technology to try and get to what you want. And hopefully it will come together. But once it does, you'll and tell the story you succeed, one if we'll, we'll, we'll come back on technology yeah. and society because many other people will have similar questions about what I've asked you.
1: No, absolutely. And Now, I, you know, it's amazing that we talk about a technology that's like two decades old, and yet we struggle to find those kind of archives. But anyway, we'll talk about it another time. What have time. you got for me? Listen, so you, have you heard of Alibaba? Jack Ma, we had him on the show a few weeks ago. He's your, is your one of your dads. You've got two or three of them. He's my so of bestie, course, yeah. of course, I've heard of him because you <laughs> keep <laughs> hunting on about him. So listen, I, I love the story here. Now, Alibaba have this event. Um, you know, you've got Valentine's Day, but this is the Chinese version of Valentine's Day. It's called Singles Day, and it's held every single year on the 11th of November. Okay, and and uh, Alibaba, for those of you who don't, know, on, is olden, olden. China's. The version. Chinese have Singles Day instead of Valentine's Day. Yeah, in it's this I is this it. is what this I is about. It. That's why it's eleven. 11- Eleven, um, and it's their v- their version of Black Friday, their version of all of these things. But Alibaba is the Chinese version of Amazon. Mm. So it it happened yesterday, in fact, and um, I'm just like blown away by I the numbers I couldn't believe it. That I saw out. the figures last night. Um, yeah, no, it was insane. It was insane, you see. So what uh, Black Friday yesterday? So it runs for 24 hours, and mm-hmm. they have incredible specials. And uh, this year, they've broken another e-commerce record. Now listen to this. They in the first minute of trading, they did one. One billion dollars in trading. They took in one billion dollars in trading. And these are some of the uh, the things coming through. Um, 2017. Uh, uh, just to put that one billion into perspective, 2017,
0: um, it ne- it's nearly triple what US consumers you, spend you, online. You're fibbing a little bit. For it was the first minute and 25 seconds. 25
1: seconds. Okay, okay. <laughs> but but they saw um, th- they saw. Uh, listen to this. They total total sales. Uh, We're up from last year, about 32% up from last year. They did $25.3 billion last year. And this year they topped almost $31 billion. $30.8 billion. In retail trade, and this is an online website, Uh, it's like astonishing the kind of volumes that we're talking about. Do you know the kind of computing power, the kind of servers that you have to have to be able to deliver this kind of volume that we're talking about? And we're not even talking about the logistics to deliver the items because they're going to be delivering one billion packages. One billion packages are going to be delivered from now into the next week. And you think of the companies the size of DHL and the companies the size of FedEx, for example, how many people they need to actually carry this, uh, these orders through. So how does this company compare to Amazon in
0: terms of oh, size? Oh, no, they,
1: they don't even compare. I mean, okay. uh, they, they you put it in your perspective, mm. um, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, they did $6.6 uh, $6. 6 billion. Okay. These guys did $10 billion in an hour. Yes. Okay. And they have specials on phones. Have, you can buy anything on Alibaba. And interesting, they, they were wow. selling cars. They sold something like 7,000 cars. Even cars. People buy cars. <laughs> uh, people buy you know, holidays. They buy a whole lot of things on there. But it's 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 a massive, massive celebration that happens in China. So, Serious, And I'm sure there will be a lot more stats that will come through uh, over the next couple of weeks. But now last week, Eusebius, You know, we talk about that, you know, between Facebook and Google, right, 75% of the web's data goes through those two people. Mm. It's it's kind of scary in a way. Mm. So uh, last week there was this event called the Web Summit. It was held in Lisbon, Portugal. It's a great event. They have lots of interesting people coming to talk there. One of them was uh, Berners-Lee, Tim Berners-Lee, who's kind of known as the father of the Internet. He kind of founded the protocols and really established the Internet in what it is today. But he's very disillusioned with the way it is because he says that the companies have too much control, they know too much about us, and he says that we want to try and fix this. And he, he's he's launched this non-profit uh, Organization. Well, he's had it for a while. It's called the World Wide Web Foundation. But he, he started a new campaign called the Contract for the Web at this Web Summit. Mm. And basically, he wants to make the internet a better place. He wants to take it to where it was, giving us, the users, more control. And, um, and this is what he had to say about this new project that he's before, launched. Before
0: you play that, yes. I had such an offsite um, thought when I first saw him being interviewed because I, I never knew what the guy <laughs> sounded like. And he was hunting on about the issue that yes. you are highlighting now. But he looks a little bit disheveled and I thought to myself, is this man deeply ethical and that's why he's launching this? Or is he, does he have sour grapes because he ended up penniless? Does he have lots of money?
1: Well he's
0: uh, I don't know actually. Uh, <laughs> I think
1: I think he I think he's okay as well off. He doesn't do it for the money. Okay, he's okay. a very very smart guy and if you no if you look, doubt, no, if doubt. You look at, no, but if you look at how he talks, you know, you think that you know he's a bit like all over the place. Yes, but yes. but I think that he's like over intelligent, too, hmm. too smart for his own and good. And really deeply ethical. And deeply ethical. And and you know we need people like this in the world that keeps tabs of the companies like Facebook and Google right. um, who really control a lot of our lives at the
2: moment. But this is what he had to say about the contract for the web if you look at talk to people in the street now there's been a big change i think this has been a tipping point when the average person using the web may sometimes they're frustrated by the ads sometimes they're frustrated by not being what, knowing what's true sometimes they're frustrated that they can't really actually work with the people to build something new as they, as they could uh sometimes they feel they're frustrated that they're in different social networking silos that don't talk to each other and so all kinds of ways you're hearing both uh, individuals in the street and also press and lots of uh, commentators feel you know we could do better so the contract for the web is about saying, let's all get together and uh, do better so the contract for the web is about uh, and we need all the big players and the little players uh, working together so in a way it's healthy to have big players and little players and they each provide different things. We do encourage and what's uh, been interesting recently, for example, I don't know if you came across the data transfer project where Google and Facebook and Twitter and Microsoft all agreed to, that you can export your data from one imported into another. So to a certain extent, I think there's been a push from individuals and to a certain extent from journalists and uh, uh, the pundits out there to to say that even though you might have these large silos, the silos shouldn't dominate your life, you should be able to move from one to the other, you should be able to operate with data from wherever it comes from should be uh, data that you can control. And then finally,
1: Eusebius, um, those of you who use uh, Facebook for more than an hour a day uh, are more likely to experience a Facebook-related conflict with your romantic partner. This is according to a, a piece that was published by the Journal of Cyber Psychology, Behavior, and Social Networking. And they did this research amongst you know quite a few Facebook users aged between 18 and 82, for example. Yes, people who are 82 do have a romantic partners, so believe it or not, Eusebius. Um, but, you know, what what they're basically saying is that um, and and there've been similar similar research stuff research things that have been done, but they're saying that Facebook's really dangerous for relationships and can lead to divorces. In fact, they're saying that Facebook is one of the mostly blamed reasons why people get divorced. Um, and and you know you can understand why because people reconnect with uh, previous people in their lives and uh, they connect with uh, previous lovers and they find new lovers. And they're saying that if you're spending too much time on Facebook. You've got too much time to spend there. Uh, it leads to you discovering things that you shouldn't discover. But, uh, you know, reconnecting, <laughs> you know, the well, the emotional and like the physical. Like what, your cheating. favorite mistake? <laughs> the favorite mistake. But, you know, haven't you ever wondered, do you ever like stalk people on Facebook to say, oh, I wonder what so-and-so is doing? Somebody yeah, I did, do. Yeah. And, I and, do. and
0: some people are tempted to reconnect with those yeah. people. And right? I think yeah, that's I'm where the tempted, danger comes in. Yeah, i just keep in. tabs. Yeah. Keep tabs. What happened to my ex? Yes, you know. Why would they broke posted, your heart? posted in 6 months? Let me check. Maybe I missed the funeral, which would be really really bad. But you know the worst yeah. thing <laughs> is
1: the worst thing about Facebook and um uh, somebody was telling uh, t- telling me about this the other day is it somebody that really broke their heart? And then after like, and this happened like 20 years ago, 15 years ago, until they get that dreaded friend request from that person. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> do you still remain friends with that person? Do you share your life with mm. him? I mean, for me, it's, it's like in the past, you know. And, yeah. you know, you've moved on emotionally, psychologically. But at the time, you were quite distraught about it. Absolutely. And then finally, you BS this is a really fascinating one. It's it's nothing new, but it's it's a company that's really developing this, and they're doing something big with this. Um, and if you think of the power of these phones that we hold in our hands today, and you look at the sharing economy, which we call the gig economy. If you look at uh, you know sharing cars, and 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 you look at uh, Airbnb, for example, why not share the power of your device that sits idle at night while you sleep? And uh, what this company is starting to do is they're inviting people, and you can and they pay you um, pay you in terms of give you your credits for you know, hosting or um, they give you credits to use towards holidays, for example. But this sharing economy is happening and we've got these devices that are sitting next to our beds charging at night and they're not being utilized in terms of the computing power that they have. Now they're saying that if you start joining up all of these devices, you can now uh, start getting a supercomputer going and you can start doing some complicated mathematical tasks uh, that can happen overnight when you're not using the device to benefit society. Like like what kind of thing? Well, if if they're doing research on astronomy, for example, or oh, medical research, for example, okay. they're combining the power of okay. all of these devices, the computing power to really work out some very fancy mathematical calculations. And they're saying that uh, this, this uh, gigware uh, is what they're calling it, is really using this power of these devices, and they reward people for doing that. So I don't know how many people will feel comfortable, um, you know, allowing people to access their devices at home, but if you think about the amount of people in the Internet at the moment, there are about 150,000 people around the world that donate their devices time when it's not being used for um, picking up Seismic activity, for example, or searching for extraterrestrial life, but it's really you're renting out Mm. your 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 device when it's not 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 used, and uh, it's very safe and it's very uh, decentralized. And you know Mm -hmm. they they look after your they respect your property, and they're not going to hack into your personal information, obviously. But they're just using the computing Mm -hmm. power. Thank you, Aki. I'll see you later. Give me your phone, please. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not. Have a lovely one, and I hope I will have some good news for you later.
0: Yeah. Tell the
1: how's it. What do we call this mission?
0: Mission, uh, I don't know. Right, we'll, uh, we'll figure it I, out. No, I've got many words. I just don't want to give it away. Okay. We'll, we'll, t- we'll tell people this much. I've got some old floppy disks that yes. have landed in my lap. They yes. contain explosive information. And Naki is going to help me to try and retrieve it.
1: Yes, I'm going to the Mustek Laboratory in Midran to speak to Dimitri Tsurpas, who has the necessary equipment we need to decipher this information. Thank you, Dali. So hold thumbs. Love you to bits.